You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to continue to minister on the necessity or the importance of the church. So last week we started and we shared about how important it is to be a part of a church. Not only globally or universally, but also the local expression of a body. That you will find your rightful place. The truth is that our relationship with God depends far more on our relationship with people than what we realize. Because everything that God has made is linked to each other. I need you like you need me. God has said the body of Christ. People usually that don't want to be part of a church, they seek their own desire. You, if you want to be used by God, I mean, you need to be equipped. You cannot equip yourself on the internet. But many people do it today. They attend a conference once and they think they're a pastor. They attend a conference and they want to be this or that. Will you go to a doctor that has studied seven years on the internet? Who tells you, I promise you I've downloaded every one of the courses, every one of the subjects at the University of Pretoria. I know everything. Let me operate on you. But yet somehow in the church, we allow these kind of things. People have never been submitted or committed in a church, but they want to go and minister. You have to be trained in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way that God has designed it. That's the instruction that is given so that we can grow to maturity. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 4 verse 13. You need to be linked up to a body to be taught, to be disciplined, to develop character and obedience to God's word. Ephesians 4.13, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of being one with the Son of God. And finally, we will become one perfect man. With the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies that sound like the truth only to pull us into their flock. But instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him. The anointed head, the church. So the Bible says the fivefold ministry is there to equip us for the work of the ministry. Number one, that you can grow to maturity so that you don't remain a baby. The problem that we have today is we have babies or young children that's eight to nine years old that have keys to cars driving around. And they think they can jump in a car and drive here and do this and that. I'm talking now comparing it to the body of Christ. People that have not matured, that don't know the truth, that don't know how to discern the truth, and they're doing things they shouldn't do. It's very easy to understand. Christ is the head and we are the body. This structure, the church is what God has ordained. You can just look at the normal family. 
in a normal family, a normal healthy family, there's a father, there's a mother, there's some siblings, the oldest, the youngest, you have grandfathers, grandmother, you have uncles. And all of these are in this structure for a purpose, for a reason. To train the children, to discipline the children, to educate the children. The Bible says, train a child when he's young in the way that he should go. And when he gets older, he will not depart from it. Children have not been taught, not been trained. The challenge that we have in families today is that parents are not allowed to discipline their children anymore. Correct them, tell them that's wrong. Because they want to reason and argue with the parents the whole time. And because they don't learn to submit and to obey in a family structure, when they go to work one day, they give their boss a hard time. Because they've never been exposed to authority or somebody that gives them instruction. So they don't get the promotion or they get fired. So young people listening to your parents is training you to be successful later on in your life. But the body of Christ, the church, is there as well for the same reason. To equip you for the work of the ministry. To do what God has called you to do. People say, I've got this great mission. I've got this, this great vision. I want to do this and that. All of that is released from the church. The church has got the responsibility to train you. To get you to a place of maturity. The church will say, you're mature enough, you're ready now to go. Even my worldly standards or the world does not allow a young person to get a license before they're 17. Or they learn as by 17 and the license by 18. So we understand these things from a natural point of view. But when it comes to spiritual things in the church, because we live in an instant generation, you think you get saved today and you can just go do what you want the next day. There's a need for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. A person that wants to isolate himself is seeking his own desires, what the Bible says. Turn with me to Proverbs 18 verse 1. He who willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man seeks his own desire, an excuse to break out against all wise and sound judgment. Family, you know what's the problem today? We are family. We are linked to each other. But there are too many people sitting in a church keeping a distance when it comes to relationship. And Christianity is about relationship. Christ that came to restore relationship. But we find people in church, you challenge them and they say, thank you very much, I'm going to go. And the Bible warns us now, people that will say exactly what you want just for them to become a part of your church. I met with an evangelist this week, they're doing, he's doing missionary work for the past 13 years in Zambia. And uh, I thank God for his life because that's not my grace, but he loves it. The city makes him nervous, but when he's out there discipling people, training people, especially focusing on pastors, he loves it. But he was a pastor before. And he said to me, I don't like doing what you're doing because you're a pastor. I like doing what I'm doing. I said, why? He says, because when you look at the congregation, everybody looks like sheep. He says, but not all of them are sheep. He said, in between, there's some wolves. I said, really? He says, do you know how you know the difference between the sheep and the wolves? They, they all look the same. He said, you have to look at their teeth. He says, when you bump or you challenge or you tell a sheep the truth, they go, Amen. He says, but those wolves, though you see their teeth. 
So you should ask yourself, when the pastor is challenging you with the truth, is it an amen? <laughs> I'm going to fight you. It's true. Some of the sheep bite like wolves. You can sit in a church and you distance yourself from relationship. The Bible says there, when you separate yourself, you're seeking your own desire. You're not just separating yourself from the brotherhood, but you're separating yourself from God. And you'd want to follow your own reasoning instead of listening to God's counsel. God has said, it's the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where Christ is the head, the anointed one, and that anointing flows down. A hand needs the arm, needs the elbow, needs the shoulder. And we cannot function without each other. A matter of fact, if this thumb is hurt, the body can help it to get healed. It can carry the burden. The body will feel the pain and it will help. Think about your own body. The problem is when certain parts of the body wants to do things they're not supposed to do. And there's certain parts of the body that cannot do what you do. Just think about my hand quickly. Even if I draw an eye on my hand, my hand cannot see. This is the problem that we have today is people proclaim they're an eye and they draw an eye here. And they want to lead people and say, look, I'm an eye. Follow me. But this eye cannot see. Amen. The fivefold ministry is there for the equipping of the saints. Can I tell you something? One of the things that is lacking in the church is brotherhood, is the sisterhood. To love one another, you need the brotherhood. You need the sisterhood. I mean, you need a sister that can tell you, stop your nonsense. Or a sister that can say, let me pray with you. No, no, no. We've just come to be loved. And to worship. No, if you love God, you'll obey His word. That is true obedience. Loving God's word. Listen what the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 verse 15. For this is the will of God, that by well-doing you should put the silence, the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your freedom for a cloak of wickedness. Just because you're born again, don't use your liberty as an opportunity of, for the flesh. To sin by which you bite and devour one another. Just because God has set you free doesn't mean you can say anything you want about people. Because what you say has an impact and influences people. But as bond servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. You know, when you love, love leads to trust. And if you trust God, you should trust God not only to help you in your own life, but also trust God that He's placed the right brothers, the right sisters around you to help you. You know, the truth is when you're part of the body of Christ, you're going to meet people you probably never would have been friends with. But those are exactly the people that God will use to shape you, to form you, because God wants to get you to a place of maturity. Where this body can function in total unity. You know, it's for a reason that the Bible says Christ is the head, the brain. If your brain says, pick up this Bible. If I take this Bible, my hand, the fingers are obeying immediately. It doesn't start to rebel. No, no, no. I don't want to pick up Bibles. Bible picking is for the left hand. I'm the right hand. I'm there to scratch and to point. No. And we have this reasoning going on in the church instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Only the relationship between Christ and the church can fully express both authority and obedience. 
in a family structure, normal family structure, there's authority and there's obedience. Sometimes your children can reason very well, but you know it's a character issue. That's why you say no. But daddy, I know I'm right. You cannot say no. It's no. Because I want to teach them more than anything in their hearts to submit and obey. Because if they cannot submit and obey me, they will not submit and obey God. But in the church today, when you say no, thank you very much, I'm going to another church. And you disconnect yourself from the very body where God has placed you, where you should be strengthened and strengthen people. That's why we should love the brotherhood. Okay, when I talk about brotherhood, I mean sisterhood as well. Amen? You know, God calls all of us sons of God. That includes the ladies as well. You know that. Don't get offended. He calls me the bride, and I have to submit and yield to that. Amen? <laughs> so if God calls you a son of God, be happy. You know, it's because He has washed you with His blood and made you new. Amen? God has not called an institution or an organization. He has called the church to equip the saints. He is coming back for His church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to make sure that we are part, that we rooted and grounded, planted in a church. He calls us the body and Christ the head. That is God's word. And you are welcome to argue and reason with God, but this is what the Bible says. There's the universal church, the global church, but there's the local expression where you have to find your rightful place. So that the body can start to build itself up, edify itself in love, is what the book of Ephesians says. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 18 verse 1. You know, God requires of us to be obedient to the head. In the same way your body is functioning. Can you imagine now if my face is itching here and I'm supposed to, I want to just scratch, but now this hand says, uh uh. Will it not be a frustration? But this is what's happening in the body of Christ. Even Daniel had three friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus had 12 disciples. David had the three warriors. Remember, when he was thirsty, they heard he was thirsty. The three of them went, they killed the Philistines, got the water, and came back. Even Jesus sent out people two by two. He sent them out. He released them. They didn't leave two by two on their own. If your child gets upset with you about something that you did, and they say, I'm going to stay by the neighbors from now on. What's going to happen to that child? He says, now, now I'm going to become more strict with you, because I see you've got a stubborn thing in your heart. When I tell you something, you want to do your own thing. The body of Christ does the same. All of us have rebellious hearts. We want to do things our own way. Your boss says potato, then you say potato. Your boss says tomato, then you say no tomato. You want to do it your own way. The problem started in the Garden of Eden with Eve wanting to do her own thing. And her husband followed. And they sinned because of that. Rebelling against God's word. And we still have the same today. The only thing now is there's people preaching the rebellion and people are embracing it and thinking it's church. Church is where Christ is the head and we align ourselves with the head, the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, 1 Samuel 18 verse 1, the contemporary English version says, David and Saul finished talking and soon David and Jonathan became best friends. You need to have some friends in your life. The modern King James says, and he loved him as he did his own soul. 
Do you have people that love you as they love their own souls? The message translation says they were totally committed. These are characteristics of a friend. You want good friends. You yourself have to be a good friend. He who wants friends should himself be a good friend. Amen? Brotherhood, accountability, sisterhood. Do you have people that can speak into your life? Or are you the lone ranger just doing what you want to do? It's in the body of Christ where we are taught obedience. When we are taught discipline. Where we start to mature. I wrote most of my tests, character tests, in the church. If you got hurt in the church, I mean if you got a little pain, or were, pain was caused by a part of the body, the word for it is growing pains. Grow up. Not run away, go away. South Africans, doesn't matter if you're yellow, white, brown, pink, green, whatever color. South Africans have got a thing. You disappoint me once, I'll cut you out of my life. Which is wrong. Because many times that person has got one weakness and ten strengths. Then we reject not just the one weakness, we reject the ten strengths as well. And you're going to need those strengths in the future. But now you've rejected and pushed that person aside. And in the future when you need them and they can help you very quickly, you think, oh, this brother could have just solved the problem for me. But now you've rejected him based on one mistake instead of looking at the ten strengths that he's got. If this door, this finger gets slammed in a door and it's paining, you don't cut it off. You help it to heal. But the churches are fighting with each other. Why? If we're one body, why? That's why I said don't get involved in this kind of fighting and arguments. Let love lead the way. If this hand wants to hit and beat up people the whole time, the best place is to be in the body of Christ. And to hang out with people that will show you how to greet, how to lift up. Because maybe if you grew up and the only thing that you know is that hands beat, you, we have to help you to renew your mind. And even when you come into church and you want to beat the people in the church, ask yourself this question, is there people in my life that I'm accountable to? Is there people in my life that can ask me accountability questions and I don't get angry? And I can answer with a good heart. So what is the definition of brotherhood or accountability? The definition of brotherhood, listen, it means that I'm in a relationship with certain brothers in Christ, a relationship where I accept unconditionally and acknowledge that the relationship was birthed in the heart of God. Where both parents can influence and speak into each other's lives the absolute honest truth. You share highs and support each other's in the lows and realize that God has planned much more for this relationship than when you had just met. You know, from a young age, I thank God I had this revelation. I had met people once, being at their house, doing evaluation, and God would say, you and this person will walk together for years to come. Protect this relationship. And I'm still friends with that person today. Do you have relationships of 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, Depending how old you are, obviously if you're 25, you cannot have a relationship of 30 years in your life, amen? You know what I mean. People that can speak into your lives, or every time if people make you accountable, you take your things and you go. Amen. It's not the right way, you'll never grow to maturity, you're training your heart to run away from challenges, from accountability, and Jesus never ran away from any challenge, any difficulty. Listen to what Patrick Morley says, one of the greatest reasons men get into trouble 
is that they don't have to answer to anyone for their lives. Ask around. You will learn that very few men have built accountability into their Christian lifestyle. It is the missing link of Christianity. We need someone to help us navigate around the submerged dangers of an unexamined life. The Bible says in Psalm 133, how beautiful, how wonderful, how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. For people to walk in unity, it requires maturity. Disagreement is not a reason to run away. A matter of fact, disagreement brings agreement. The fact that my wife and myself has had disagreements has allowed us now to agree more. Because now I know what she doesn't like and she knows what I don't like. But we just want to get away from it. Listen what the Bible says in Proverbs 27 verse 17. You use steel to sharpen steel. So one friend sharpens another. You know, accountability is the willingness to explain your actions. Now, there's certain times where you don't have to explain your actions, like me ministering this message now. God has given and laid this message on my heart. Amen? And I have to do it in obedience. If you now come and say, explain yourself why you're preaching this message, Pastor, I have to say, well, God laid it on my heart. Amen? But if you've been gone for a week and nobody knows where you are, where you've been, it's good that a brother says, listen, brother, where have you been? If you are rude to your wife every time, says, listen, brother, you don't speak to a woman like this. And this is your wife. You don't talk to her like that. Ma'am, the way that you're, you're, you're talking to your children, or your child, but your children, it's not, they must be accountable. Don't you tell me how to live my life. No, if we're in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can help each other. But when we help, we should help in a spirit of humility, lest we ourselves be tempted and tested in that same thing. So it's not to point out wrongs in a person's life, but to come and help that person carry the burden in their lives. A true friend will tell you the truth in love. You use steel to sharpen steel, so one friend sharpens another. You need friends that can sharpen you. The Passion Translation said, It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. Some of you have people in your lives that have been grinding you. You know, the Bible called Paul a pestilent fellow. You know what's a pestle? If you go up in Africa, a pestle is that piece of wood that they used to, to hit the rice to get the shells off the rice. Like, bah, bah, bah. That, that thing is called a pestle. Now, Paul is called a pestilent fellow. In other words, Paul would come with this, Pastor, it hurts. Bah, bah, bah. Pastor, it hurts. Bah. All the rice in the bowl. That get heat, the shell breaks off, it gets removed. If the rice that's in the bowl falls out on the ground, they cannot use it. So when there's a pestilent fellow or a friend that's grinding you, make sure you stay in the bowl. Make sure you stay in the church until the grinding is over, until you've been sharpened and still God can use you effectively. Don't run away too early. And so a friendly argument can sharpen a man. Sometimes a disagreement, an argument will sharpen you. To know, don't do it like this again. I got a flat tire. The tire offended me. I was annoyed with that tire. And God was just revealing my heart. You had your own challenge with a mosquito or a fly or whatever. So say, so yes, pastor, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Amen. It's small things that can offend us. 
And then when a brother comes, we think, huh, he must be from the devil. But it was the fly that got you angry in the first place. Can you see the need for the body of Christ? It's disagreement that brings agreement. Family, it's not the easiest road to spiritual maturity. You know why? Because you cannot add or subtract to God's will or God's word. God has said, you have to be part of the body of Christ. A matter of fact, God has placed you in the family where you are right now, your natural family, because that's the best place for you. In the same way, God the Father took time in choosing a father for Jesus, which is Joseph, and Mary, his mother. He has taken the same time in choosing a mother and a father for you, to shape you and to form you. You might not agree, but God is in control. Joseph was a carpenter. It means he had pieces of wood lying around, which can very easily be used as a tool to discipline. You know where I'm going. So you think, yeah, it would have been easier if I had Joseph. Carpenters are perfectionists because they have to do everything perfect that it's right. So if Jesus didn't do something right, maybe a few times he would have had a piece of wood against his, his butt or his head or whatever. Family, don't play games with God. God is God. Don't try and bargain with God. I've had many people come and they say, God said I must be in the church. And I want you to say that because the Holy Spirit needs to lead you to be planted here. But if God has said you should be here, it's the same like my son being born into my family. He cannot now after a while come and say, Dad, please release me. I don't want to be part of the family anymore. The same with the Bible says, when you've made a vow to God, don't come and get me now involved with the vow that you made to God. You take it up with God. I cannot release you from a promise you made to God. I'm not God. And I didn't make the promise. You made the promise. But if you say, God said this is where you should be, it's the best place. Yes, there's going to be some grinding. There's going to be some iron sharpening iron. But it's for you to get to a place of maturity so that you can mature in the things that God has called you to do. Have you found the church where you should be planted? You know, you can only be of authority if you are under authority. That means you have to be submitted and committed. Do you think when you come and you say, God said I must walk this path with this man, that now just because you've said God said it's going to be easy, God is saying that to you because He's reminding you that it's not going to be easy. Why do you think God showed Joseph the palace? Showed him your father and your brothers are all going to bow down to you. Do you think if He had shown him the pit and the prison that He would have been excited and He would have held on to His vision? No. You have to know that you're at the right place at the right time. So why do you have to be part of brotherhood? Why do you have to find brothers around you, sisters around you? Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians 6. Brothers, if a man is overtaken in a fault, you the spiritual ones, restore such a one in the spirit of weakness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 5 says, for each one will bear his own load. Listen to me. There's certain loads you can carry on your own, and there's certain loads that you need a brother to walk with you. Certain challenges where you need accountability where the load is too heavy. Certain things you have to do for yourself, 
But certain things you're going to need, brothers. Like when somebody goes through a serious challenge in their marriage. That's a load that's too heavy for one person to bear. You're going to need brothers and sisters to walk with you and help you. To counsel you, to give you advice. The loss of a family member. There's some serious things where you need family and friends around you. Some of you that come from the world and all of its pleasures and doing things wrong. You need your mind to be renewed. You need brothers that have got victory in certain areas to walk with you. Because before you got saved, you were watching whatever movie you wanted to watch. You were exposed to pornography. Pornography is not a burden that you can carry on your own. You'll need brothers to help you. Brothers that have walked that path and got victory to show you that there is a more excellent way. And ladies are battling with exactly the same. Because the spirit behind that leads to death. And Christ has planned abundant life for you. We cannot say we are a Christian, planted and part of the body of Christ, but we are applying the devil's principles. Listen to me. Satan is not afraid of you when you preach the gospel, but he's afraid of you when you are under authority. When you make yourself accountable, because you can only be of authority if you're under authority. But if not accountable to anybody, how can you ever walk in authority? Can you see the need for the church, for the accountability, for knowing that you're a hand and your purpose and what God has called you to do? Number two, it stimulates spiritual growth. 2 Corinthians 3.18, while we are together transparent before the Lord and each other, we are being changed. We are being changed. You never change on your own. So if you're carrying a burden and you're facing a problem and you want this to change in your life, you don't change on your own. The Bible says we all, while we're looking at the Word of God, we are being changed from glory to glory. As a matter of fact, the person that isolates himself, he seeks his own desire. He says, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. That's not the body of Christ. That's not maturity. Proverbs 27 verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You need some friends to ask you, how are you spending your time? How are you spending your money? What are you watching? Where are you going? Just because you know how to sing, doesn't mean you can go sing everywhere. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you, where you should go sing and where you shouldn't sing. You could be going and singing at a place where people want to commit a sin, and you can become a partaker of that sin. Just because my son can pull the car in and out of the garage doesn't mean I can give him free rein to go drive around with the car. But daddy, I know how to drive. That's not the point. But daddy, if you love me, you'll release me and let me do it. No, it's because I love you that I'm saying no. You need to be obedient because obedience is the only proof of your faith. And faith is the only thing that pleases God. Not my son coming and saying, but you don't love me. If you love me, you let me do it. Why are you holding me back? I'm holding you back because you're immature. You're 16, you're going to get your license when you're 18. Then it's the right time. Sometimes it's just common sense. We daily have to be crucified. And you know who's the people that will crucify you? Your brothers. Sometimes your brothers crucifying you is a good thing. Obedience starts with the will of God. Obedience starts with the will of God. Rebellion starts with with your own will. Teenagers are trying, they're discovering themselves. Young people, listen to me. You're at a very vulnerable stage right now because you have reached a place of where you're a man and a woman. 
in every sense. But you don't have all the knowledge yet. That's why you have to rely more on elderly people now to give you guidance. Because otherwise you can train your heart to become rebellious. When children obey their parents, there's a promise that they will have a long life. But when they don't want to listen, they can very easily do stupid things that shorten their lives. You need some brothers and sisters that will ask you some character-building questions. I know this is not a sermon where you get a lot of amens, because I know the spotlight is shining on the inside. God has been challenging me with this message just as much. Amen. Why do I need brothers to help me get through tough times? When a brother is next to me, I can get through something much quicker. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You need people around you. Accountability. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times and is born as a brother for adversity. Proverbs 18 24 says, A man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will prove himself a bad friend. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We need to be interdependent. Let me just give you some good advice. Friends are going to help you through troubled times. But the time to build friendship is not 12 o'clock at night when the pawpaw is moving towards the fan. Because then you need the friend already to help you to keep the pawpaw away from the fan. Amen? Amen. The only person on your speed dial for when you're in trouble shouldn't be the pastor's number. You should have some other friends in your life. Amen? Amen? That you can call and say, please help me. I'm facing a challenge here. Can you quickly pray with me? Can you assist me with this? Not just the pastor. Yes, you'll be amazed how well God has equipped certain people to help you. Amen. Friends will impart good things into your life. They will counsel you. They will help you through the brotherhood. Oftentimes, it will be a friend speaking to you when you hear God's voice. Many times, my children have said things and I hear God's voice. My wife says something, I hear God's voice. Some of the ushers, some of the people will say something, I hear God's voice. And God is speaking to me and I can take it to heart. But if those brothers were not there, there would be no accountability and I would not get the godly counsel. Amen? You know, when you have brothers around you, maybe say you have a hot temper, you're a hothead. Then you can spend time with some brothers that are not hotheads. And their cool head will rub off on you. Or you'll say, listen, how do you get it right? I get so angry with this and this. They say, you know what? They'll give you their testimony. You know, brother, I was exactly like you. A matter of fact, your case is not even so severe. My case was more severe than yours. And I know God can help you. So if you want to change in an area, spend time with people that have that strength that you are looking for. It will rub off on you. Don't think everybody is like you. The good things they want, the bad things, we're going to help each other to get through it. If you lack something, spend time with brothers. It will help you. Amen. I'm closing. Standing in brotherhood makes us stronger than what we really are. Remember David, three mighty men went and they killed the Philistines and they could get the water. So when you're in a team, the brotherhood, you're stronger than what you really are. One puts a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. That's why you need 
brothers around you because then you are stronger. If you're a wise man, make sure the people that you place around you, I'm sharing a secret of my life, make sure the people that are around you are smarter than you, stronger than you, more clever than you, have more wisdom than you. Then you look much better than what you really are. Now you know why I married my wife. She makes me look more beautiful than what I am. The last thing, let the Spirit of God lead you. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9 to 10. Now about loving the brotherhood, we can testify that you have been taught by God how to love one another. Therefore, there is no need for further written guidance. Well, although it is a fact that you are already walking in a loving brotherhood with all the brothers in Macedonia. We encourage you to increase your commitment. Take it to a new level. To this divine relationship even further and never stop growing in that grace. So if God has planted you here, you're committed in a church. You're walking in brotherhood. And he says, take it now to a new level. Start serving more. I shared with you, even with my own family. I said, God, watch. God said, I want you to, I want you to serve your children more this year. I said, God, sure. They're at the age where they now should start serving me. Reasoning in the natural. But the Spirit, God said, no, I want you to serve them more. Help them more. So now you find me making sandwiches, which seems like a very ordinary thing. But in the Spirit, that sandwich can have an extraordinary effect upon his life. One day he can say, look, my dad made sandwiches. And I'm a pastor. If we want to be the greatest, we should serve more. Sometimes try and make a cup of coffee for your wife. Not only be the head of the house and say, where's the coffee? No, if you're led by the Spirit, you'll see God say, uh-uh, you go make the coffee quickly. <laughs> because there's accountability. Now my strength becomes her strength. Then she says, my coffee tastes better than hers. I said, no, you're just saying it because you want me to make coffee. <laughs> her coffee tastes better for me as well. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Family, we all have been hurt by brothers, but we've been more blessed by brothers. We've all been hurt in a church, but we've been more blessed and helped by the body of Christ. Because it's the reservoir of God's power. Let's work towards perfection. Amen? Everybody makes mistakes. We have to show grace because we ourselves need grace. Remember, everything that God has made is linked to each other. I need you like you need me. Your strength becomes my strength and my strength becomes your strength. Letting this here allow the light of God's favor to unite us, to bring us to maturity so that we can do even more and more and more. So that the body of Christ can get to the place where it starts to edify itself in love. This is what every pastor truly wants to see. Ephesians 4. The body finding its rightful place. It starts to edify itself, builds itself up in love. This is what God has predestined. But you have to find your rightful place and walk in love. Don't let an offense or a hurt cause you to run away. Let that mind be in you. Say, iron sharpens iron. Maybe God is allowing this brother to grind me so that I can get to a place of maturity. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.